This is the Forex Q&A podcast. This is VP, professional Forex prop trader here in the United States, answering your user-submitted Forex questions every Monday morning. Now, if you've had one burning Forex-related question on your mind this whole time and you'd like to have it answered by me, well, what is the best way to do that? Is it to ask me on Twitter? Uh, Probably not. Uh, Chances of me getting back to you that way are pretty low. Uh, Is it to ask the question in the YouTube comments? No, even less chance I'm going to get to you that way. What you need to do is you need to go to nononsenseforex.com slash askvp. There is a little form there you can fill out and uh, get to me and I'll get right back to you, typically within 48 hours. So I don't know uh, if you guys have noticed or not. Some of you certainly have because I've seen it in the comments section. But uh, on November 17th, my traffic on the YouTube channel doubled. And then the very next day, it doubled again. And then it just kept doing that. And I have no idea why or how it happened. I would love to know so I can just go out and replicate it. But uh, no idea. It just kind of took off. And uh, I've, I've heard people say this for years now. If uh, you just on YouTube, if you just keep putting out relevant content that people want to listen to and you don't stop doing that, you know, good things will happen over time. Uh, but this was still a, a very pleasant surprise. And so here we are. Uh, And one of the things, uh, one of the questions I started getting that I didn't get before um, from people on AskVP was, uh, what is a podcast? And I never even thought that that would have been a question, but I totally understand how that could be. Um, So most people are seeing my content now um, directly from YouTube. Um, A lot of people in the past were podcast listeners that found the channel that way, if that makes any sense. And a lot of these people are from countries to where podcasts are not a thing. Podcasts were this American phenomenon for years to where it was pretty much just Americans and Canadians just usually listening to podcasts uh, compared to other countries. And now it's starting to spread. Actually, a few years ago, it started to spread. It's a little more widespread now, but it's still most of the world um, doesn't listen to podcasts. Uh, And that's a shame because podcasts are amazing. Um, If you don't have a podcast player, you need to get one. Uh, If you have a smartphone or a, a laptop or a tablet, even. Um, You can download podcast players and you can listen to anything you want at any time you want. There are podcasts out there for every every sport under the sun, Um, technology, history, religion, self-improvement, politics. I mean, you name it. Some of the top podcasts out there are just people who tell really great stories. Um, I highly, highly recommend it. And uh, it doesn't matter where you are in the world now. Anywhere you're you're in the world, if you have a smartphone or a tablet or a laptop, you can download a player and uh, have all that right in front of you, um, 24 hours a day. Um, Now, my podcast will continue to broadcast on YouTube, um, but they are on pretty much every other major player out there. Uh, The main ones that uh, I've noticed looking at my analytics are definitely Spotify. If you have Spotify, you have access to a lot of podcasts already. And that is still the number one platform uh, for my listeners in terms of actual volume. I think followed by Apple Podcasts for sure. And then things like Stitcher, CastBox, Google Podcasts, and then Podbean, which is the platform that I actually uh, broadcast these podcasts from. Um, That has kind of crept its way into like the number five or six spot. Uh, But there are many, many different options here, and almost all of them are very good. Um, So if you guys would. If you're just listening this to YouTube, or if you just want to go to this episode on YouTube, in the comments section, tell the world um, what your podcast player of choice is and why you like it. Um, Because there are a lot of people out there that are very interested, and nowadays there are a ton of choices. So uh, help, uh, help the community decide, if you'd be so kind.
I would recommend the one I use, Stitcher, but uh, I really don't like it because Stitcher and the Forks Q&A podcast don't always agree with each other every week to week. And uh, Stitcher Nation, you guys know that. Uh, but for the rest of you, go in the comments section and, uh, and help the community out. We'd appreciate it. So it's the Forex Q&A podcast, everybody. And the question this week has to do with certain times a day that people trade. Um, so I have banged the drum on this um, in terms of me trading the daily chart, trading my 27 now, 28 currency pairs a day, and doing it at 1.40 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, which is 20 minutes before the close of the daily candle. I went into that a little more in the last video I did, the uh, Indicator Basics video that just came out on Thursday. Uh, and it's cool. A lot of people uh, want to trade that way as well. Uh, they see the benefit, uh, not only from a money perspective, but definitely from a time perspective. But doing your trades at 1.40 p.m. Pacific Standard Time is not feasible for everybody including Terry from Billings, Montana, who asks, Hey, VP, I'm an interstate truck driver, uh, and I trade once a day just like you do, but I, I'm not always able to trade at the same time as you. Is this bad? And is there anything I need to be aware of if I'm not trading at the same time you are? And This is a really good question, and I totally understand it, because at 1.40 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, that's pretty easy for most people in America that don't have jobs that run over that time or have access to a computer, but not everybody does. Um, it's typically easy for people in Europe, because that's usually right about when people are going to bed, and so you can just do what you have to do, and then go to bed, and then wake up the next day. Uh, in places like Australia and Japan, it's pretty bright and early in the morning, but the majority of people are up at that time. Still, you know, not too hard to do. Uh, if you're in a place like India, uh, you are asleep at that time. Far more often than not, that's going to be a very difficult time for you to trade. And so for those of you out there who are not able to trade at the same time I do, don't despair. I mean, look, this entire channel is just me telling you what I do and what I believe, and then you can go out and approach it however you want. Uh, I love the fact that a lot of you are trying to trade, you know, letter for letter the way I do, uh, which is, is something I recommend. It did work for me. But even if you wanted to, there's just going to be times where you can't. So if you are trading the daily chart, and would like to trade the way I do, but just can't trade at the same time that I do, here is what you need to know. First, do your best to get it as close as you can to 1.40 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can go look that up online, just find out when that is uh, in your neck of the woods. It's a very easy time conversion. Um, but the reason I say that is the reasons I illustrated in that Indicators Basics video. You're going to want as much data as you possibly can on that daily candle if you are going to read your indicators properly. So would I advocate more trading before 1.40 p.m. Pacific Standard Time or after? I would certainly say after because at least you have a completed candle, a recent completed candle to work with. So at the very least, I would say aim for that. And just remember that hour that follows the close of the candle is a terrible hour to trade because spreads shoot way up. Um, if you do anything, avoid that hour right there. Uh, but as soon as the Asian session opens, uh, right about 3 or 4 o'clock my time, the spreads typically go back down to normal, and you can uh, go ahead and operate that way. Um, so if you do that, uh, that's fine. There are just some things you need to realize. One, like I mentioned in that video, don't pay attention to that little tiny candle that is just starting. Um, if you're reading any of your indicators, you need to go back to the candle before that. 
you always have to wait for the candle to close because that way you have all the data you need. So read all of your indicators one candle back. If you're unclear about this, just go ahead and go back and watch that uh, Indicator Basics video, and that'll kind of that'll give you a nice little visual on how to do that. Two, uh, there are going to be times where by the time you get a chance to start your trading, that price is going to have gotten better or worse than it was back when that daily candle had closed. So let's say for this example, we're only going after longs, all right? If you're eyeing a long setup, let's just say in the pound dollar, for example, and the candle has closed, it's two hours later, and now you're getting ready to make your trades. If price has gone down at all, good for you. You're getting in at a discount now. You're getting in at a better price than I would have. Go ahead and enter that trade with confidence. You know, sometimes it just works out that way. You get a 20 pip discount, enjoy your 20 pip discount. So that part's pretty easy. Uh, What we really need to talk about is when price has gone in the direction you were hoping it was going to go. So let's say the pound dollar, since the close of the daily candle, has gone 20 pips to the long side. Now you would be getting in at 20 pips worse than you would have if you were able to trade a couple hours earlier when that candle was closing. Now you have a decision to make. And in my opinion here, there is a good decision and a bad decision. Back when the daily candle had closed, two hours ago or three hours ago, depending on whenever you're trading right now, and that daily candle triggered all of your indicators and it said, okay, we need you to go long. That was your system telling you that this is the ideal price for you to be going long right now. Does that make sense? That's why we put these things together because it is there to tell us the best possible moment for us to go long or short on any given currency pair. If your system told you to go long, and now price has already gone long 20 pips, you're no longer getting the best of it. The best of it was 20 pips ago. You are no longer getting the value you once had. And so just simply moving forward and taking one of these trades anyway, is what I call a FOMO trade, a fear of missing out trade. And I cannot speak for you, I can only speak for myself, but these trades in the past, before I had the discipline to not take them anymore, always killed me. And I think the biggest reason for this is the one key disadvantage you've given yourself. Let's say the ATR of the pound dollar is 80 pips. If you would have taken that trade right when the candle had closed, your take profit would have been 80 pips. Now, technically, it's 100 pips, and price might get to the 80, but it might not get to the 100. And you just turned a winning trade into a possible non-winning trade. Those of you who have followed the podcast and the channel probably understand what I'm talking about. Those of you who don't, that's kind of where the blog comes in. I try to explain things a little bit of a different way, and it's a, a bit easier to see because I have actual visuals there for you. But this is a pretty big disadvantage. Turning winning trades into non-winning trades really affects your bottom line over time. So you are going to want to avoid these the best you can. And it sucks because you're going to see some of these actually take off in the direction you wanted to, and you're going to be mad at yourself for not taking it. But if you're disciplined and you understand the long game, you understand the value you are losing every time you do this. And the best move is to avoid making this mistake. Now, 
there is another alternative here. Most of you guys have seen me take a trade, and when I do, I always use market orders. Market orders are when you tell your broker, okay, I like the price where it is right now, put me in. For me, that's the best approach to take. Um, I I have nothing to wait for. Uh, I don't believe in price levels, and so market orders are certainly the best way for me. And I recommend you use market orders as well, almost every time. The one time I would not recommend it is in the case we just spoke about. Price has already gone 10, 20 pips your way, and you have the choice either to take a FOMO trade or to do nothing. But you can also do this. Set a limit order. And if you don't know or understand what limit orders are, you need to go look it up. I cannot help you with these. But if you do know, set a limit order back to where price was when that candle closed in the hopes that price will come back to that level, trigger the order, and get you in at the price you were supposed to get into in the first place. That way you're getting all of that value back. Now, if price does not hit your limit order by the same time the next day, get rid of it or do a little bit of legwork before and set it to cancel itself by the end of the day if it doesn't get triggered. Some platforms let you do that. So that is the other way around it. That might be a little advanced for some people, but this is something you can easily go look up. I mean, this, this is something they teach you in the baby pips school. So this isn't something that's super hard to learn. It's pretty easy. And if you guys are doing all this right, you're doing all this on demo right now anyway. So if it doesn't work out well, or if you stumble through it, then that's fine. You know, you're not losing any money in the process. Uh, but I just don't want you guys getting in the habit of taking trades that are 10, 20, 30, even more pips worse than what it should have been. Your system is there to help get you in at the best possible price. Let your system do its job. And don't take FOMO trades. Now, for those of you who are only able to trade maybe six or seven hours before I do, that's really a problem because you do not have the data you need to make an informed decision at this point. And I think you're only down to two options at this point if you still want to trade the way we do here. One, change your time schedule and find a way to trade at a more friendly time. Or two, I think this is the case. I've heard this is the case. Some brokers' daily candles will close at different times depending on where in the world you live. Again, I don't have any more information on this than what I just told you, but you can do a little legwork and a little research here too and maybe find something that's a lot more friendly and a lot more conducive to where you live in the world. But whatever you do, and whichever route you take, I wish you the absolute best. You guys are putting in work where others are not. You guys are seeking out the information available to you, and you're actually putting it into practice. And if you're doing that, just like I did with my YouTube channel, good things are bound to happen. So if you'd also like to help me grow the podcast, go to iTunes and leave a five-star review. But make sure above anything else that you're putting in the work now and creating that system that's going to get you in the best possible trade at the best possible time every time. So you can allow your system to do the work, trade once a day, and then live the rest of your life however you want. Put in the work. It's worth it. Go get it.